0: You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Well, wonderful. We want to continue with the secret to a blessed life and that you're anointed for business. God has anointed you for a purpose and for a reason. The anointing is not just there to give you goosebumps and to make you feel good. It's there for a Purpose. I think you will all agree that even in the marketplace, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, You want to do things right, but you find other people not doing things in the right way. When we talk about the anointing, we're talking about God's ability that's become your ability to help you with your assignment. That God-given task that God has got for each one of us. Turn to the person next to you say whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. So we said whether you're anointed as a king or whether you're anointed as a priest, it's God's presence that empowers you so that you can do what you have to do. His ability that has become your ability. God says he gives us this power, he places it on the inside of us for the covenant, the relationship that we have with Him to be established. So it's all about relationship. It's God who wants the best for you and for me. We didn't know we had need of a Savior, but God the Father sent Jesus Christ to come and show us a more excellent way to come and restore this relationship back with the Father. There's a lot of people that believe that God has called them even to be a financial channel, and I think in that you really need the grace of God, God to lead you and to guide you. I think in the marketplace, there, there's a lot of temptations. And if we look at the book of Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted, there's a few things that we can learn from this. Number one, Jesus, the Son of God, was tempted. It teaches us it doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted. It's good to know this. Sometimes we say this person is so close to God, he can never be tempted. Anybody can be tempted. It was when Jesus was hungry, he was tempted with bread. So the thing that you are desperate for, sometimes in business you can be desperate you have to be careful because the enemy would want to tempt you. Jesus was hungry, but he was not desperate. He was hungry, but he was not desperate. If he was desperate, he would have fallen and stepped into that temptation. Amen. Turn to the person next to you. Say, I'm anointed whether you like it or not. When you're going through a financial challenge, right now we're in the year 2020 that's been overshadowed with COVID-19. Many people in business are desperate right now financially. So when you are desperate, that's the area where the enemy will tempt you. And you have to get to a place where the peace of God rules in your heart. And even though you might be hungry, you're not desperate. When you're single, you might be single, but not desperate. It's when you are desperate, then you make the wrong decision with a spouse. Amen. So you want that presence of God to help you and to receive, um, uh, to, to, to lead you as you receive the Holy Spirit into your life every day. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. As you receive him. He will lead you in everything. I want to say this, that oftentimes God will bless a company that might not be righteous because of your sake or because of you. the sake of your righteousness, your goodness, you holding on to God, you acknowledging God, God can bless that company. If when you look at Joseph, Joseph's boss was not even a believer. He did not even acknowledge God. He didn't honor God. But because of Joseph, the whole kingdom was blessed. Amen. So God can anoint you, place you in a place where people don't serve God. Many times Christians just want to work for Christians. Now remember when you work for a Christian, Christians that are truly born again, They're hard workers. They're relying upon that grace, that anointing to do even more. What takes one person a half an hour, they're going to trust God or God's going to empower them to do it maybe in half the time. So that anointing will empower them, will strengthen them to do even more. That's why you want to make sure that you've received empowerment for your assignment that God has got for you. So I want to look at another example I want to look at uh, Jacob. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 30, verse 27. I think it's very important even that you can see here, Jacob was working for his uncle Laban, is to know how God has called you and to understand times and seasons. Even when it comes to ministry, um, and you believe God has called you into ministry, are you called to a people? Are you called to a person? Remember, Moses was called to a people, but Aaron was called to Moses to help him. So all of us cannot be preaching. We need people to help us as well. Oftentimes, there's ambition in people's hearts. Imagine if Joseph got involved in a competition about destiny, who should be the ruler. He would have missed what God wanted to do in and through his life. As the second-in-command, He had a very important role to play. His obedience, understanding the calling, placed him in a position to help a lot of people. Amen. So verse 27, it says, And Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. He's saying, you know what? I know I'm not doing things right, but you are doing things right. I've seen and I've learned that God is blessing what you are busy with. I'm not the one with the favor upon my life. I can see that you are the one that's anointed for business, and I acknowledge that. People will see that favor of God upon your life. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, whether you like it or not. You're anointed for business. So people will see that, and that oftentimes opens up doors and creates opportunities for you. Go to verse uh, 33. Jacob. Is living for righteousness. He's doing things right. So my righteousness will answer for me in the time to come. When the subject of my wages comes before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen. It is with me. And Laban said, Oh, that it were according to your word. Verse 37. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and of the chestnut trees peeled white stripes in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters in the watering throes and where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. I said in the previous session, I said, you're going to have to prophesy, let there be light, speak it into existence. But if you want to be successful as well, And see that what you are busy with, the work of your hands being blessed and multiplying, you're going to have to write it down as well. Habakkuk 3 says write down the vision, make it plain so that you can see it in front of you. In your business, go write down the turnover that you are trusting God for. Obviously, you are growing from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. Don't just go and write something that you know You've not received a revelation about. But when you write it down and you see it, it does something on the inside. What you see will have an impact on you. When we bought the piece of land, the first thing I did is I, I drew up plans, a design. And I placed it in the prayer room where I could see it the whole time. Where I could see it, look at it, pray over it. If it affected the goats, will have an impact on you as well. What you see, what you look at has a major impact upon your life, especially in business. Go and write down what you are trusting God for, for the kingdom of God. Go write it down. Lord, I'd like to do this. Or when you see a need and you'd like to meet that need, go write it down and say, God, I'm trusting you to do this. Oftentimes people will say, Lord, I'm trusting you for an increase because I want to do this or that. I've seen it many times. People say, I'd like to give my tithe or I'd like to give more. And they trust in God, say for an example, for 3,000 rand extra. And when they get that increase and God has done it for them, oftentimes they don't use the 3,000 rand for what they said they wanted to use it for. They'll go use that, say, to buy a car or to do something else. So when you've asked God for it, Keep your vows. Keep your promises. Because that's just the beginning where God wants to start and to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Even Laban changed Jacob's wages how many times? He acted in unrighteousness, but Jacob continued acting righteousness. If people treat you in a wrong way, Continue to do what you believe, continue to plant those righteous seeds. Don't start planting unrighteous seeds. Turn to the person next to you, and say, be careful what kind of seeds you are planting. Many times there are unrighteous companies being blessed because of you, but God has placed you there, so continue to be faithful in everything that you do. If you're a hard worker, you're using that anointing to work hard, you think nobody sees it, somebody will see it. Somebody will take notice of you. I'm telling you now, hard workers always move to the top. Continue to be faithful in what you are doing. Let that anointing work in you and through you. Somebody will see it. Amen. It is not in vain. When somebody does something towards you in the marketplace that's wrong, don't respond with a wrong. A matter of fact, what you do can be worse. When somebody does something wrong, don't respond with a wrong. Continue to plant righteous seeds. Laban changed Jacob's wages so many times, but every time he changed it, God said, okay. He said to God, I'm just going to change it. He continued to, with his program, with his plan, what he was busy with, and God continued to bless him and to increase everything that he put his hands to. It was blessed. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 1 verse 3. Can I tell you something? Many times people are faithful and you think they're faithful. But the only reason they are faithful is because they're getting paid. They, they are committed because they're receiving something. They deliver something on time because you're going to get paid on time. But to be faithful and committed, even when you're not getting paid, when somebody is taking advantage of you, God sees that. That faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Jacob was faithful to attend to his uncle's goats. But his uncle's behavior towards him was not faithful, was not righteous. But he continued, every time it changed, he continued to be faithful. He continued to walk in righteousness. It's very important that we have that heart, that we have that attitude. That even though you've not received the blessing, to have a revelation that you are blessed. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to the king, they said, whether our God delivers us or not, We want to tell you He's our deliverer. Why could they do that? They had revelation that He is the deliverer. Whether He delivers them or not, He's the deliverer. Turn with me to Ephesians 1. I want to show you something. Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. Family, listen to me. This scripture teaches us that you are already blessed. You are already blessed with every blessing that's in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you are a son of God. You're a son of God. Your identity, if you could think about the let's say Solomon. Solomon the wisest man, the richest man with the most possessions. Now suddenly you have revelation that you are part of Solomon's family. And his wealth has become your wealth. The only difference is the wealth that we're talking about here, the blessings that we are talking about here, is the blessings in Christ Jesus. You have been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. You don't have to get blessed You need the revelation to know that you've been blessed. Then everything will change. The way that you look at things, the way that you do business will be completely different. He says, why is this possible? It's because you are a son of God. What does the Bible say? It's part of our declaration. I'm a son of God being revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. When you're a son of God, everything changes. His ability has become your ability. The beautiful thing here, you can be a son of God because the son of God is on the inside of you. So where does this ability come from? It comes from Christ himself, the hope of glory. That which was kept secret for years, Christ, the hope of glory on the inside of you. Why are you blessed Because of Christ Jesus. Can you see the need for this revelation? When Christ is on the inside of you, 1 John 2 verse 20 teaches us that you have an anointing on the inside. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. You are an anointed one. Why can we say you are anointed whether you like it or not? Because of Christ, the hope of glory that's on the inside of you, the anointed one, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, Acts 10 verse 38. So whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21 says, God has anointed us in God. Because of God, Christ, you're anointed. Turn to the person next to you say whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. God can let his spirit fall upon you and empower you. When you look at Acts 31 verse 3, it says because the spirit of the Lord filled them, empowered them with understanding, with wisdom, with knowledge to do their workmanship. So where they had to make all these things for the temple, God's spirit empowered them with knowledge, with understanding, gave them the ability to do their workmanship with excellence. Somebody is helping you. This is a gift from God. Have you sometimes just heard, some, you can hear somebody sing or do something, or they, you say, what you're doing is not natural. It's, 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 this is a gift from God. You know how God has blessed you that you can do what you are doing. Family, that is the Holy Spirit, Christ on the inside, helping you to be successful. God has anointed you for this reason, for this purpose to be successful. When you look at that, they were specifically anointed for workmanship to build the temple. God will bless the work of your hands so that you can advance the kingdom of God. God has gifted you. God has anointed you for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. So, whether you like it or not, you're anointed, you are ready for success, good things are coming your way. So, money will come your way. But remember, when money comes, there can be temptation. Because if you start loving money more than God, the Bible says not money is evil, it is the love of money. When you love it more, Than God. Peter, do you love me more than all these things? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. But don't put those things before the kingdom. So, how can money come to you? Well, number one, you can steal it. And I think we've seen a lot of that corruption where people steal. So, you can get money, but then the origin is not from God. It's the spirit of killing, stealing, and destroying that you are inviting into your life. Ephesians 4 verse 28 says if you are a thief quit stealing. Be honest and work hard so you will have something to give to people in need. We are blessed to be a blessing. Steal is steal whether it's from a person, whether it's from a company, whether it's from the rich or whether it's from the poor. We may never steal, whether it is small or whether it's a big thing. Let me just say this. You cannot run a company in a company. What do I mean by that? Let's say your company has just bought the newest and the latest printer. It can print color copies at the speed of white light. You cannot now say, and let's say those copies cost 50 cents for a color copy and 20 cents for a black and white copy. You cannot start running a business in your boss's business. Now you suddenly say, I'm starting a printing business. And you say to people, you know what? I can print documents for you at 30 cents, colored at 30 cents and black and white at 10 cents. Obviously, everybody is going to come to you. Some people are going to come to you and say, yes, can you're stealing from your company. You're stealing from your company. You cannot do that. If you are allowed to work after hours and you want to buy your own printer, and from 6 until 12 at night at home you are printing for people, that's a different thing. If your company allows you to do that and there's no um, conflict of interest, that's fine. Then you can do it. But if you're probably working at a printing company, they would not allow you to do that because they know you'll be taking and stealing their clients. If they're selling it at 50 cents, you don't have the overheads, you don't have the salaries, you don't have all the expenses, it's still not right. You cannot steal their clients. Amen? So that's the first way, stealing. But obviously as Christians, that's, we're avoiding that. Amen. Number two, you can capitalize on others' weaknesses for self gain. You can capitalize on others' weaknesses for self gain. Matthew 23, verse 14 Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses. Ezekiel 22, verse 13 Behold, therefore, I have struck my hands together at your dishonest gain, which you've made, and at the blood which has been in the midst of you. You sell used parts, whereas it's second-hand parts. You, you sell something new, but it's, not, it's dishonest gain. You are deceiving people in what you are doing. Doctors doing unnecessary procedures. It's dishonest gain that we have to do this and operate this and remove that. Not all doctors do that. I'm just using it as an example. You know, sometimes when you go and see a doctor, um, it's not that they are lying to you, but they're not telling you the whole truth. And they want ex- not allowed to do that. That's dishonest gain. Obviously, dealing with drugs, if you're selling drugs or things like that, on the t- it's dishonest gain. Amen. I think perceived integrity... Sometimes you think this person is saying one thing or you might be telling them the truth, but you know what they are perceiving is something else. Help them right. Don't say I'm not lying to them. Sometimes you, tell, you have the Spirit of God. You're telling them the truth, but they're perceiving something else. What is the truth? It's not all about money. Let me just say this. No amount of money is worth anybody's soul. So, don't cheat somebody or take money, but you know it's costing somebody's soul. Amen. I think dishonest gain, we've seen it. I, I don't, I'm not, but I mean, things that should sell for five Rand being sold for 30 or 50 Rand. That's just dishonest gain. People really, we, we ought not to get involved in things like that. Amen. Number three how you can get money? You can gamble. You can gamble. Okay, so there must be three things present for you or to qualify as gambling. There must be an artificial risk deliberately created. In other words, you are creating a risk for yourself that was not there previously. So when you gamble, you're creating an artificial risk that was not there previously. It is always seeking to gain at somebody else's loss. So when you gamble, You're going to win, or you could win, but somebody else will be losing out. So that will be present as well. And then thirdly, to seek to get something for nothing. In other words, without giving goods or service in exchange. So you're not really rendering a service, but you want to get it. Usually, if you want to buy a TV, you perform by paying for the TV, and the place where you're buying it from, they give you the TV. And obviously, in the buying of the TV, there's a bit of a profit and all of that in there for them as well. But when you are gambling, that's not there. You're trying to gain, but somebody else is going to lose out. And I think that's, that's the principle from the, from the Word of God. Amen. Number four, how can you get money? You can borrow money. You can go and make debt. Abraham Lincoln said you cannot keep out of trouble by spending more than your income and you cannot establish security on borrowed money. So let me just say this. If you've got a house bond or you've got a car or a personal loan and you've borrowed that money and you're paying it, you you are fulfilling the agreement and the contract. And most people, to buy a house, they have to go make a loan. If you're in the position that uh, you can just buy it cash, that's wonderful. And I think you want to get to a place where you want to pay off your debt as soon as possible. The the goal shouldn't be to see how much money you can borrow. (laughs) Amen. Romans 13 verse 8 says, Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another, For he who loves his neighbor, who practices loving others, has fulfilled the law, relating to one's fellow man, meeting all its requirements. Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. So if you have debt, you should have a plan to pay it off as quickly as possible. Um, I'm not going to teach on that now, but usually if you make the decision, I want to start paying off things, start with the smallest debt. Um, say if you're paying 50 rand on something, start paying say 100 rand and get that paid off. Then you take that money that's, that you've paid off now on that loan or that debt and start using that and adding that to your next smallest debt. And use that and see how quickly you can pay off your debt. Amen, you should have a plan to pay off your debt. Number five, how can money come to you? Through investment. Matthew 25 verse 26, But his master answered him, You wicked and lazy and idle servant, did you indeed know that I reap where I have not sowed and gather grain, where I have not winnowed? Then you should have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received what was my own with interest. So when I talk about investments, stay away from pyramid schemes. Of course, pyramid schemes, again, it works on the basis where the people at the top get all the money, but somebody at the bottom, they're losing out. So stay away from, from pyramid schemes. It must be right and righteous, morally sound and socially useful. It must be right and righteous Morally sound and socially useful. So um, investment can be made. Sometimes people have made some good investments and you've had huge returns. Sometimes people have had, I mean, some of the companies, you've seen some of the listed companies have had huge returns. So you can do investments like that, and there's people that can advise you to make good investments um, when it comes to that. Number six, you can inherit. Inherit money. So money can also come to you through inheritance. Uh, Proverbs 13 verse 22 says, the heritage of a good man is handed down to his children's children. Proverbs 19 verse 14, house and riches are the inheritance from fathers, but a wise, understanding and prudent wife is from the Lord. So inheritance can be part of your income. It's a good honest way to receive money, but it often causes a lot of trouble. So just watch out for that. I think again when it's the love of money, a lot of the siblings can sometimes can can, uh, cause some fights. Amen. So the last one, number seven, is work. And this is how most of us will receive money. Amen. Proverbs 23 verse 4 says, Do not overwork to be rich because... Of your own understanding sees this again addresses the motive of working, but the majority of the New Testament letters addresses us to work two Thessalonians three verse ten don 't you remember the rule we had when we lived with you if you don 't work, you don 't eat and now we 're getting reports that a bunch of lazy good for nothings are taking advantage of you. This must not be tolerated. We command them to get to work immediately. No excuses, no arguments, and earn their own keep. That's from the message translation. Proverbs 10, verse 26, A lazy employee will give you nothing but trouble. It's vinegar in the mouth, smoke in the eyes. Proverbs 18, verse 9, Slack habits and sloppy work are as bad as vandalism. Laziness is an attitude. Laziness is an attitude, and that's not an attitude that's part of a Christian. A Christian has a mind to work. God blesses the work of your hands. Everything you put your hands to will be blessed. So I want to encourage you, be a hard worker. That's how most people will receive income. Even if you're not working and you're just helping at places, don't do it. As if I'm not receiving an income and say, I'll only be a hard worker, a good worker, when I start earning something. Everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. Amen. I mentioned it before. It's when David didn't go out, when he wasn't busy with his God-given assignment, what he was anointed for, is when he sinned. So be busy. Find something that your hands can do. Um, Ask God, what is that thing that comes naturally? And start stepping into it and doing it. Amen. Go and volunteer somewhere. Just go do something somewhere. It will help a lot of people. So I want to just touch on that. You have to be able to maintain the blessing. And to be able to maintain the blessing, you'll have to maintain your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So you'll have to maintain that righteous position in Christ Jesus. How do we maintain our salvation? By maintaining our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the giver of the blessings? It's Jesus. So if you want to maintain the blessings, the things that you have received, maintain your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the most important thing. God's presence, allowing God's presence to be in your life. I want to take some time now just to share the last part of this teaching. And this is really the part where you need revelation. If you don't have revelation of this, nothing in your life will change. Nothing in your life will change. If you want to flourish Go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. You really need revelation of this. When it's revelation, it's not something you'll remember to do. But it will be a conviction from your heart. And that will change everything. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 92. Psalm 92 verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. We shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Number one, keep your position in righteousness. The righteous will flourish. Keep your position in righteousness. The righteousness that I'm talking about is a gift from God. It's not you being self-righteous, but it's a gift from God. Remember, the Bible teaches us that he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You need revelation to know that Christ removed all your sin. All your sin was placed upon Him so that His righteousness can be placed upon you. When you have revelation that you've become the righteousness of God is when you become a son of God. When you start to confess it with your mouth salvation and with your heart you believe unto righteousness. The Bible says salvation has come to you. You need revelation from God, allowing the Word of God to become an integral part of your life, allowing it to come into your heart. Then, by its very nature, it will change you. When you are changed by the Word of God, you'll know I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. You'll have a revelation that you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You'll have a revelation that now that you have the righteousness of God, that His eyes are upon you and that His ears are attentive to your prayers. Now when you pray, whatever you say, you know that God is interested in what you are busy with, what you are asking Him. You need revelation of that says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Why? Because once again, you need revelation that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. When you know Jesus Christ is the head of the church and you bow the knee to him, that he is your Lord, that he is your God, he is your Savior, that he is the head of the church, Christ and the body, you immediately want to be part of the body of Christ. You immediately want to come to church. then it's not, "Oh, I have to go to church from your mind. It's a revelation in your heart. I'm part of the body of Christ. They need me like I need them. It's a revelation. Baptism. We believe that when we are baptized, Romans 6, what does it teach us? It teaches us that when you are baptized. You are buried with Christ, and you are raised with Christ. This is salvation. This is why many people's lives don't change, because righteousness is not for those who confess it, but those who believe it with their hearts, those that have a revelation that Christ's righteousness has become their righteousness. When you are baptized, you have that revelation that Jesus is the Christ. I've been buried with him, and I'm raised up with him. People will never have themselves baptized until they believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives on the inside of me. Remember in Acts, in the book of Acts, the Ethiopian Stephen is with him, sharing the gospel with him, breaking over the word. And he makes this comment. He says, what hinders me from being baptized? He said, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you can be baptized. What was his response? He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You need revelation. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 16. Let me show you quickly. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What were people saying? People were saying, what does household of Christ say about finances? Jesus came to his disciples. He says, what do people say? What are they saying? Who am I? Who do men say that I am the son of man? So they said, some say John the Baptist. Some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Family, listen to me. Jesus comes to them and he says, Who do you say I am? What do people say? Who am I? You're John the Baptist. You're a prophet. You're this. He says, Okay. You, my disciples, who do you say? Peter says, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. He says, The fact that you know that, it's come by revelation. Go read on. He said, After that, he said, Simon Peter, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He says, This revelation that you know that I'm the Christ, I'm the head, and there's a body. This revelation is going to change your life. The Ethiopian, I want to be baptized. What do you believe about Christ? I believe that He's the Son of God. When you believe and you have revelation that Jesus is the Christ, your revelation about tithes and offerings and freewill offerings will not be a teaching that convinces you from your mind, but it will be a revelation in your heart that when I give my tithes, I'm giving it unto Christ. When I'm sowing a seed in the kingdom of God, I'm not doing it unto a man. I'm doing it unto God. Then everything changes. Now, when Paul says, in him I live and move and have my being, he had the revelation that without God, he couldn't live, he couldn't move, he couldn't have his being. You need to get that revelation. Then everything will change. When you have the revelation that you're a son of God, that you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus, the revelation will come that I'm an anointed one. The revelation will come that I'm a blessed one. That's the secret to a blessed life is Christ himself. Remember, the Christ on the inside, this is the revelation. Saul is busy persecuting Christians, persecuting the church. What did Jesus say to Saul on the way to Damascus? He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saying, I'm not persecuting you, Lord. I'm killing these bad Christians. He says, no, I'm the hope of glory. I'm the Messiah. I'm the son of God. And every son of God that you are persecuting, I am the one on the inside of them. You are busy persecuting me. That's why Jesus said, When you've given a cup of water to the least, you've given it to me. They said, where did we give a cup of water? Get the revelation. It's Christ on the inside of you. When people come and they want to curse you, I'm teaching you now. When they curse you, bless them. Why? Because they're not cursing you. It's not personal. They're cursing the Christ on the inside. When people take advantage of you, Pray for them because they're not taking advantage of you. They're taking advantage of the Christ on the inside of you. That's why David could face that giant because he knew it wasn't personal. He knew that that giant was not coming against him. He said, you've not come against me. You've come against my God. I'm aware of his presence that is with me. When he messed up, he said, Lord, help me. Do not let your spirit depart from me. He had the revelation that it's Christ on the inside of him. Family, the secret to a blessed life is Christ Jesus himself. You can be a son of God because the son of God is on the inside of you, helping you to be a son of God. When you have that revelation, it's not from your mind. The Father will reveal to you that you're a son of God. What does the Bible say? Those who are led by the Spirit... We know that they are sons of God. There's a testimony on the inside through the Holy Spirit that they are sons of God. I'm closing with this. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, verse 10, says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. If by any means... I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. When you have been raised up with Christ and resurrection power works on the inside of you, when you go out to business, even if you're working for a boss that does not serve Jesus, you're going with resurrection power. What did the Lord say to Ezekiel? Ezekiel, can these dead bones live? Lord, you know. Ezekiel starts speaking to these dead bones. What did the Lord do? Let there be light. Go make a decision, decree and declare, and you'll see the light of God's favor will start to shine upon all your ways. You have become the light because the light, Christ Jesus, is on the inside of you. Go take your time. Go read John 1 from verse 1 to 14. It says when that word of God manifested. We could see, we could see its glory and it was full of truth and grace. Family, it's that grace working in you. God treating you better than what you deserve. The truth. I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. The truth that you've been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. The truth that you have the anointing on the inside of you. That God has empowered you. In the old covenant he said, I've placed the power on the inside. But now you have Christ with you. You can be seated in heavenly places. Now everything changes. What you touch will be blessed. When you give and you give in righteousness as an instruction from the Lord, the fruits of your righteousness is being increased. But more importantly, he says, when you sow, I will multiply the seed in your hands. That's the favor of God. That's the grace of God for seed to be multiplied Before you've even sown it, that's the working of the Holy Spirit. Haven't even touched on the book of Amos where he says the days will come that those that are reaping will overtake those that are planting. That can only happen in the Spirit. You cannot reap before you've planted, but God says, I will do that. I'll do the supernatural in your life because of this relationship that we have with God. Jeremiah said, You'll be able to run with horses. I'm doing something supernatural. A man cannot run. He says, "I'm going to strengthen you and do something unusual, because you put your trust in me. Even when a giant comes against you, you'll be able to face him. I'm closing. Ephesians 1. Verse 17 Paul is praying. Remember in verse 3, he said, you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What did Jesus say to Peter? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. My Father in heaven gave you this revelation He's saying here that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, Jesus was sent to this earth to restore back glory to you and to me. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. Isaiah said, the spirit that rested upon him is one of revelation, of knowledge, of understanding of the fear of the Lord. That spirit that is on Christ Jesus Rest now on you and me to bring revelation that we are sons of God, revelation that we are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Now you can go out with the full blessing of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you give, you can be that generous giver, you can be a happy giver because you know whatever you are giving is what God has given you. You are giving unto Him what He has given to you. Then you're a happy giver. You're not giving grudgingly. You have that revelation that the greatest giver is living on the inside of you. And whatever you give, whatever he asks or requires from you, you can go ask Father Abraham. You will know what will follow after that. See a lot. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.